welcome to the Fabcast, part of the Fabmarkey.com. And I am with Fabmarkey reviewer, Deanna Martin. I'm sure you've read her reviews before. And if you haven't, I urge you to go to the Fabmarkey.com and get your reviews straight. Um, well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for coming. And why don't we start by talking a little bit about you? Um, you joined the Fabmarkey about... Three months ago? Something like that. Something like that? And um, I just want our listeners to know, we'll be talking about the Fabcast a little, what what it is and what we want it to be at some point. Right now we're just going to be reviewing, as a podcast, some shows that we think merit to be talked about more than a a written format, Uh, just because they're more dynamic. And I think our first show, which is Wickets, deserves such a thing but let's go start talking with Diana. Diana, you're an actress that is correct yeah. you're also a coach <laughs> yeah an acting coach and you're a director so um tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you started with the fab marquee and all those goodies okay well um i've been studying acting for uh over 20 years uh have parents in the industry who pretty much made it a point to nail it Nell home the point actually of acting both at home and in class, um, and so it's become a part of my life. So I uh, I lived in St. Louis for a while where I worked in TV and I did some film and radio. I was a DJ for four years, and then when I came back to New York, I started to get back into acting again, and that got me working in stage and taking classes and original. And then I ended up becoming a part of a couple of theater companies, including Myutic um, Theater Works. And then uh, we became friends. And, we became friends. And I was approached to start writing because I was originally an English major, so I love to write. So True that. Well, actually, we met via Larry Singer. That's right. We were both studying with, at Larry Singer Studios. Exactly. Um, with Larry, who is quite brilliant. Yes, he is. Mr. Indeed. Singer. And um, I was not paid to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you should check it out. I think he has a website, LarrySingerStudios.com. Yeah. Um, great. Wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about Wickets and about how you boarded this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's actually, it's really wonderful that we're doing Wickets for the podcast because I was trying to wrap my head around the concept of how am I going to write about this? Because... It is so much more than just a play. I mean, it's a complete experience beyond performance art, beyond. I mean, it, it's just something I hadn't really experienced before. And I'm sure the uh, English major that my, <coughs> my parents paid for uh, would, uh, would, would be able to pull it out. But I think it's wonderful to talk about. Um, the, uh, the show actually starts before anyone's ever seated. Um, since it's set up, it's... Uh, basically uh, based on the play Fefu and Her Friends by Maria Irene Fornes. Um, And that was written uh, in the 70s to uh, reflect the 1930s and uh, women's movement strugglings at that time. And they decided now that we're in this decade to try to set it back to 1971, when right before... uh, and, and to put it on an airplane. So <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, it's almost, what they tried to do is almost like they decided to 
right on the second wave of feminism that exactly. started in the 70s. Exactly. Right before they uh, people started being called flight attendants back when a stewardess was a stewardess, which is actually drilled into my head. So if I see someone and it's a woman on an airplane, you know, I, I always want to call them stewardess, you know, like I keep, you know, and I'm like, oh, that might offend someone. But I really enjoyed the fact that you could tell when the show starts, you have a woman dressed as a flight attendant who I don't believe she was even in the show. I think she was just at the one of the box office person, but she was dressed as a flight attendant and then spoken to a big loudspeaker, letting everyone know that they should prepare to board. And then you see all of the stewardesses, as they are in 1971, uh, dressed in uh, the... My kudos go to the costuming also, because, I mean, it was incredible costumes. Um, By... It will be on the site. <laughs> but yeah. kudos to the costume. Yeah, the Before customer. we go on, I want to let everyone know Candace that... Knox. Candace Knox. Yes. I mean, that really must have taken a lot of time and effort to get those costumes right down to the you know, paisley psychedelic scarves that they were wearing around their throats with their out tight little outfits. You know, I mean, it really... Well, it's, you know, it's, it's the beauty of how costuming is all about the detail. Mm-hmm. And you always appreciate when that's there. Um, before we move on, I just want to let everybody know that this space that can be transformed in this way is the 3LD Art and Technology Center, which is uh, basically has all these 3D screens in, in, in the room. So it's it's not your conventional off-off-Broadway um, show, 65-seater. I, I, so I hear you had even had like the business class and you had yeah. the, the coach so talk to us a little bit about just when you walked in this, ex- okay. because you've never been to the 3 No, I hadn't, I hadn't. And um, you walk in, and, and I, I knew that I was going to be getting into an airplane. I mean, that was the idea. But actually walking in and seeing it set up as an airplane with the, you know, little, with the windows on the side and the aisle seats, and then there were sections. So, um, since I was with the press, though, they were like, oh, sit in the business class. So that was right in the middle, which, uh, you know, and, the, and in character, the stewardesses would bring us over. And, uh, and this whole part would be totally improv and ad-libbed. So, you know, great for them to be able to just uh, riff off of people and work with them on that. But one girl was like, uh, oh, it's so popular today, you know, because I mean, and I I think the reason why they put me there was because it's in the middle and there's so much action going all around. But I mean, every detail down to them rolling carts back and forth, serving beverages, uh, nuts, you know, different things, even little hand cloths uh, to wipe your hands with, towelettes. I mean, it was, you felt like you were on an airplane. And then also combined with the space itself that uses the screens, they would have stuff going on outside the windows. So you'd have, you'd be focusing on the acting, but every now and then you'd catch a glimpse of sky or something or or psychedelic colors, depending on whatever they were trying to do through these windows. So I wonder what it was like to have like a window seat, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if that would, you know, come into play even more. So tell us a little bit about um, just uh, the story behind Wicked's. Now, now that we're in the environment, um, what they were trying to... Because I, I, they have this wonderful feature in Time Out, written by Elizabeth Vincentelli. I hope I said that correctly. Um, and, and it talks about how they started this piece three years ago. And it started as... Um, 
a dance piece, a, a movement theater piece, and then they decided that they needed to go back to the text. So what is it about the text that makes this play so unique, you would say? Well, it's very poetic. Um, there are moments, actually, when it seems like a Greek tragedy, almost, in some of the ways, like one of the characters, I believe it was Julia's character, um, th that uh, when they're talking about um, men and women and how they interact, but then um, the, the basic fundamental thing about it is that it is a women's movement piece. So you have various relationships going on between the actors. There's the, the lead, uh, Fefu, who, uh, you know, she's like the head stewardess, but yet they all think she's crazy because she and the captain are involved and married, but yet their relationship involves playing bizarre games like shooting a real gun at each other and then not knowing if it has blanks or bullets in it, um, even in the middle of, of the cabin. I do so, that every day. I know. Well, we all, <laughs> we all wish we could, actually. But um, so it's like they had it to take, you know, you can imagine how that would have played on a regular stage. So the idea, I was kind of like, oh, my God, if they shoot in the, in the you know, <laughs> we're all going to go shooting out, you know, kind of like <laughs> going with it and having fun. But... Uh, then you have like another dynamic of like a lesbian couple that, uh, you know, one of them start to talk to a different stewardess who is very sexual and very flirty, but not towards her. She's just, that's just, think of like, you know, Ginger on Gilligan's Island. That's kind of the character meets Southern Belle. And she's talking with one of the actresses and there's a, a lot of sexual tension and um, one of them's talking about relationships. Then you find out that she's actually having an affair with one of the other stewardesses when they have a private moment. Um, and if I can talk about, go into how there's this, uh, uh, an area of the original play, Fefu and Her Friends, that apparently was done in separate parts of the theater all at the same time. Then the actors would switch to, so that that section of the theater could see what they did. So that's what they did here. All of a sudden, in the middle of the play, how they do on a regular airplane, they put the curtains down and separated, you know, first class, business, and coach. And then you would have a, pro a scene just to, to your section that you were in. And then once it was over, then the stewardesses would take their cart and move it, and then another, and then, so actually, uh, you, you knew that they were doing the same scene to like, first class as opposed to business now and that now you had whoever was in coach but if you know you were paying attention and all of the stories were different and there was a lot of comedy but then the, but it, was, it was relationships between women and their struggles uh, which have been universal you know and always will be it always will be you know and how they relate to each other and and to other people and and potential mates and whatever it is going on in their life. The only problem that I had with that was that they had the front of the airplane mic'd. Uh, so at the beginning of the, of the show, so to speak, when we're about to take off from New York to Paris, um, all of the dialogue is at the front. So I assume they mic'd it so people all the way back in, you know, coach could hear them. But whoever, you know, but when they divided it up like that, the folks that were in the first class, you heard them over the actors that were like in your own section a little bit. And so that was a little distracting. 
So, you know, that was, that's, I'm just being picky, but right. I mean, it's... That's it's, kind of more know. of like a, maybe if they would have, um, I'm not a technical person, <laughs> but if they would have Lower. maybe lowered down the microphones right. for right. that section so it wouldn't interrupt the actions that were going on in the other parts of the airplane. Right, because this is a play that very much, as I was saying to you earlier, can is reminiscent of like, you know, Ringling Brothers Barn and the Bailey Circus. And I mean that <laughs> in the best possible way. I mean, I if you're there and want to go along for the ride, it's an, it's an amazing. I mean, I walked out of there, I was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this, you know? And I really enjoyed it. But it is distracting because you know that there's actors sometimes doing stuff behind you that you'll never see because you're watching the actors in front of you. And if you can let that go, then that's fine. You know, I mean, I know some people might not be able to. So it may not be a play for everyone who wants their traditional, you know, I'm sitting right here and there's a stage in front of me and I can see everything going right, on. Right, like one focus exactly. um, kind of situation. So yeah, maybe, if you, you know, if you're not that much into gossip, you can focus. <laughs> I wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. able to focus. I'd be like, what's going on behind me? Yeah, but, um, I kept turning around. Something I want to mention that I read in the Time Up feature is that... When the stock market crash happened, they started losing their funding. Yeah. And the actors, they all decided to um, to forego their fees. So these actors did it out of, you know, love for, for the art and for this process. I, I'm not sure if the cast is the same cast from three years ago that have been developing it. Um, I know some of them are, according to their bios. Um, there are at least a couple of them. That's great. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, that just shows you that it's it's something you should go see and just appreciate and support the fact that these actors are working. They're working for free. And yeah. it's an 18 bucks show. And it sounds like it's an experience worth any Broadway ticket. Oh, yeah. And not only that, you're getting um, music that is... Uh, it, 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 not only you have a... You have yes, a, there's original music. Original and music. By, um... Uh, LA's Jetliner. Jetliner. Oh, it's, well, that's a good name. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And then there's also, they have a few other tunes in there to go along with the whole 70s theme. So you've got White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane and Cecilia by Simon and Garfunkel um, that they threw in there along with the original music. And then you have one character, the angel, played by Lucas Steele, who has this beautiful voice. And he also, along with the stewardesses, began the show walking into the airplane before the show even started. And then, like, a couple of the actresses would respond. They would see him through the window. And then everyone would look at the window, and you would see him outside, you know, kind of, like, look like he was, like, suspended. Aerial, you know? this aerial yeah. being. And then all of a sudden he was in the airplane, you know. And they have, uh, and, and then there were moments when you, um, Fefu and I believe it's Julia is what the other character, um, are they're both hearing this music and these voices, though nobody else does. And this is portrayed by him like singing like a rock star into a mic, like laying on a, you know, a big table behind her with spotlights, like while she's trying to give like all of the information that they give at the at pre-flight, you know, please fasten your seat belts and look at the card and, you know, the whole thing. They went through that whole thing. And while that's, she's trying to say that, you have this guy going, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I don't do the actor credit. It was a lot better than that. But I mean. It's beautiful lyrics, Diana. <laughs> but I mean, it was, his, his voice was great, but it's like, and you could tell she was getting uncomfortable, and the, but yet everyone else was ignoring it. So there are these mystical things going on as well. 
and and the, the the fact that they had original music I thought was really great. That's awesome. Well, and yeah. this is we're following Fifu's journey, yes. basically, because I know it's it's from Fifu and her friends. So I'm trying to figure out from Wicket's um, in this in these kind of vignettes that you're talking about that you saw. Um, what is the outcome? What do we take away from it? Without giving away what happens once you arrive to Paris. <laughs> well, um, the title itself, Wicket's, is supposed to be uh, about the little metal arches that one plays with in croquet. So they they want it to represent uh, according to the material, and it seemed very apparent as well. Um, but they give you some good material to check out with your boarding pass, which is your ticket, which I thought was fun as well. Um, that it's supposed to represent the structure of the actual airplane going from one area to the next to the next, but also on a more metaphysical plane, you've got this angel hanging out um, who is giving visions to two of the characters. Um, Something happens to one of the characters, I won't give it away, um, by the end of the play. And uh, there's, as, as we're flying the friendly skies, so to speak, there's a, supposed to be sort of a, a feeling that you're also going to other metaphysical planes um, of, you know, reality, death, um, rebirth, all of that. So, um, and I think that Fefu's journey is one of, as she starts to hear these voices and then also starts to um, possibly uh, see things that aren't there, but apparently one of the other characters does. It's almost like that woman's been liberated because she's in a wheelchair and is has given her power to vocalize whatever the hell she wants. And Fefu, who's in this relationship with her husband, the captain, who is horribly unhappy because it's an unloving relationship, starts to also feel these things. And um, you never get the sense that the other characters see the angel or any of that, but there are they, they question things about their own lives, their love lives, their just what what they're they're doing, you know. And uh, there's one very humorous humorous uh, monologue. It was uh, Christina's speech, um, and it was apparently taken from a 1969 3D porn film called <laughs> The Stewardesses, uh, which is actually very funny because she talks about airplanes and why she just loves to ride in them and what they look like. It's a whole thing, you know. It, you could tell the actress was having a lot of fun. And it was a joy to watch her work and Fefu with, and, and um, uh, uh, Lee Eddy. Uh, Katie Apicella, I believe, or played Christina, and Lee Eddy played Fefu. And um, I mean, the whole cast was incredible, you know. Uh, those were two performances that stuck out for me, myself. But, um, I mean, it was a very much an ensemble piece because they all just work so well together and off of each other. And, uh, you know, it, and it was interesting to see the dynamics between all of the actors. And as, as and, you, and you walk out of there scratching your head, definitely, like, what did I just, you know, I just saw something that I probably will never see again unless I'm, you know, they decide to do a play in a submarine. I don't know, but, <laughs> and, but <laughs> you know. Change the scenery. Right. Well, um, Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Antonio. That was Diana Martin for the Fab Marquee. And Wickets will be playing through January 25th, Thursday through Sunday at 8 p.m. If you want more information on it, just visit www.tricksaddle.com. 
you'll also have the written information on thefabmarquee.com. And this is Jenny Rogers and Clove Galilee's Trickle Saddle production. And Jenny Rogers was also in charge of adapting Marie Irene Fornez's Fifu and her friends. Visit thefabmarquee.com and we will see you next time. Yeah. Yeah.